Well, good morning again, and again, we want to just say what an awesome honor it is to be a part of what God is doing in the body of Christ, and as you just saw our uh, little celebration video of our Holly Pond campus, what a joy that is, and again, Kelly and I, Pastor Ian and Jessica, we just want to again congratulate everybody. I want to thank all of our Arab folks again uh, for the seeds that you sowed, for the commitment that you made, and I want to thank our Holly Pond people uh, for stepping up. This last year has been amazing. Uh, we've been winning souls, making disciples and destroying the works of the devil. Uh, and 2019 was an amazing year for Liberty Church. We literally saw, uh, as we launched our new campus last year, we saw growth in every level and every area of ministry. And that is a 100% result, number one, of God's faithfulness and God's favor over us. And number two, your willingness to work and be a part of the kingdom. And so I want to thank you for that. And uh, Pastor and Kelly and I are honored to lead such a great ministry as campuses are multiplying. And just want you to continue to pray uh, because we're always believing for more. How about you? I believe there's more uh, that God has just begun what he wants to do. And we get the honor and the joy of being a part of it. Well, today I'm fired up and excited because we're going to continue our series that we started last Sunday entitled Raised to Life. And uh, we began, as we do every Sunday, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ because that is the pinnacle of our faith. It is the foundation stone of our hope and the fact that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Come on, somebody. The fact that Jesus has risen from the dead gives us reason to shout and celebrate. And as Christians, we don't just celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection every day of the year. And the reason we celebrate His resurrection every day of the year is because, because the resurrection of Christ is the thing that God has done to raise us to life. And we began last week talking about that. We began talking about how Christ was raised to life and how that through His resurrection we too uh, get to experience brand new life in Jesus Christ. So we're just going to reread uh, a little bit of the Easter story that we read last Sunday. And we're going to revisit a couple of our thoughts last week. And then we're going to jump right in to where we're going today in part two of our Raised to Life series. So Luke chapter 24, the Bible says this. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth, and they said to them, and I love this statement, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. Can I get an amen from somebody? Can I get a honk horn out in the parking lot today? He is not here. He has risen. Come on, honk your horn if you believe he's alive. Shout unto the Lord if you believe he's alive. If you're on Facebook, if you're online watching us at YouTube, wherever you're tuning in this morning, if you believe in the resurrected power of Jesus Christ, go ahead, comment, shout out, do something this morning to declare that he is alive in your life. Look what it says. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Verse 7, do you not remember, he said, that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again? And they remembered his words. Amen? And they remembered his words. So last week, we kind of recognized a couple things. We recognized, first of all, the difference between something being buried and something being planted. Look at that first point from last week. We said Jesus was not just buried. 
buried, he was planted. His life was a spiritual seed that would not only conquer death in the grave, but he was raised to life to be the firstborn among many sons and daughters. And we recognize Joseph of Arimathea buried the body of Christ, but God the Father planted a seed, the seed of his son, into the earth, knowing that he would be the firstborn among many sons and daughters. Amen? And we recognize the difference between something being buried. When you bury something, it's a conclusion. It's an end. But when you plant something, it's just the beginning. And God planted his son as a spiritual seed so we could come to life. We also clarified last week the fullness of what Jesus really did on that first Easter morning. We said that Easter is a celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He paid the debt for the penalty of our sin. Come on, somebody. He died to pay the penalty of our sin. He paid our debt, the debt of our sin. And not only that, he conquered the powers and principalities of spiritual darkness when he was raised to life. And so the fullness of what Jesus did on that first Easter morning is he paid the penalty of our sin. He suffered the wrath and judgment of God upon himself for our sin. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he triumphed over all the principalities and powers of darkness so that we could not only be born again and have eternal life, but so that we could also live in an abundant life here on planet earth as we would walk in victory over sin and over Satan and carry out the kingdom of God on the earth according to the will of God as it is in heaven. Amen? The third thing we looked at last week, we kind of connected all those dots and we said that his death and resurrection brings us life. Look at that last point from last week. We said we are raised to life by faith in his finished work. We are raised to life by faith in his finished work. We recognize the price that he paid. We recognize the victory that he won. And then we connected those dots and we said, you know what? Jesus did all that he did so that he could raise us to life. That through faith, not the works of our flesh, not the works of the law, but by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, we could all be raised to life. God literally made salvation available to all men that whosoever would believe in him, the Bible says, would not perish but have everlasting life. Look what Romans 10 says. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Let me just say to you today, if you're watching today either in our parking lot or online, I want to just encourage you in something today. If you've never done that, the Bible calls it being born again, being saved. Beginning a brand new life in Christ. If you've never done that, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that today. You can, you can believe in your heart and you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you can be saved. You can be born again and begin again a brand new life with a clean slate and with a future and a hope that is settled and sealed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can do that today. But let me give you some good news right now. We're going to do that at the end of the broadcast today, but you don't have to wait on me. You can cry out to God right now in your car, in the parking lot, in your living room, wherever you may be this morning, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. And let me just encourage you, if you make a decision today, if you you make a decision to accept Christ, or maybe you recommit your life to Christ, we want you to reach out to us. We want you to grab that link in the description and let us know, hey, I made that decision today. We want to follow up with you. We want to help you. Why? Because we believe that when you get born again, you get born into the family of God. And guess what? Welcome to the family. We are your family, and we want to help you grow, and we want to help you take those next steps, and we want to walk with you on that journey of faith. Because that's what Jesus has called us to do. So let me encourage you. Make that decision. 
Pray that prayer. Reach out in faith and let God change your life. And then let us know what God has done so we can help you take those next steps. Amen? So this morning, we're going to take our next step, our next truth. So we're raised to life by faith in His finished work, but I want you to see this next point. I'm excited about it. Because we're raised to life not just by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, but we are raised to life through the person of the Holy Spirit. We are raised to life through the person of the Holy Spirit. And today what I want to talk to you about, what I really believe God wants us to see, is that we are raised to life not just by the finished work of Jesus Christ, but we are raised to life by the indwelling, empowering person of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about the significance of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because if you want to experience resurrection life, if you want to experience new life in Christ, if you want to come out of darkness and really begin to walk in the light and the plan and the purpose that God has for you, you cannot do that apart from the person of the Holy Spirit. I want you to just consider something for just a minute. When you think about God the Father, right? God reveals himself. The Bible says the Lord our God is one, but he reveals himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, God the Father's in heaven, and we know God the Father's in heaven because Jesus taught us how to pray, right? He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then we also know that not only is Jesus, not only is God in heaven, but we also know that Jesus is in heaven because the Bible says after his death and resurrection, he ascended, the scripture says, where he is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, where he forever lives to intercede for me and you. So God the Father is in heaven, and Jesus is in heaven, and the only part of the Trinity, The only part of the Godhead that is on earth with me and you is the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. Why are you ignoring Him? Stop ignoring the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for this message today is that we would come to a new place of acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit. That we would begin to acknowledge and invite Him to be a vital part of every aspect of our life. Why? Because it's not just faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ that raises us to life. But it is the person of the Holy Spirit indwelling and empowering us to do the things God has called us to do. And as I was praying and thinking about this week, I just kind of had this thought. I thought, you know, Jesus paid the price. And a lot of people acknowledge that. A lot of people acknowledge that Jesus paid the price for their salvation. They acknowledge that he died on the cross. He rose again on the third day. And Jesus paid the price for our salvation. He literally, hear me, he literally purchased everything that God has for you. Jesus purchased it and paid for it through his blood. And he sealed the victory for it through his resurrection. But I want you to hear this. This is a big but. This is a holy but. But it is the person of the Holy Spirit that delivers into our life what Jesus purchased and paid for on the cross. It is the Holy Spirit that delivers the goods of our salvation. It is the Holy Spirit that causes us to come to new life in Christ. Jesus paid the price, but the Holy Spirit delivered the goods. And right now we're living in this coronavirus, COVID-19 phase. And you know what? we got all kind of delivery services, right? we got Grubhub and DoorDash and all these things. People are getting food delivered to their house. They're getting groceries delivered to their house. Amazon's been delivering stuff to our house for a long time. And here's the realization. Here's the realization. You purchase the meal, but somebody has to deliver the goods. Jesus purchased our salvation. He purchased our healing. He purchased our deliverance. He purchased our redemption. He purchased restoration. He purchased everything that God has in store for us. But it is the person of the Holy Spirit that actually delivers what has been purchased 
into our hearts and our lives. And so many Christians, this grieves my heart, so many Christians, I believe, are living short of the glory of God because they have not acknowledged and embraced and invited the person of the Holy Spirit to be a vital part of their Christian life. And though they pray to God the Father, and though they acknowledge Jesus the Son as the one who purchased their salvation, many Christians stop there. Even though they will with lip service say the Holy Spirit is real, in their heart of hearts they haven't fully embraced who He is and what He wants to do in our lives. And so today we're going to see according to Scripture how that not only by faith in the finished work of Jesus are we raised to life, but by the person of the Holy Spirit we are raised to brand new life in Christ and that it is the Holy Spirit that delivers to us everything that Jesus purchased for us. Amen? So let's look at our Scripture together today. Romans chapter 8. It says, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Now let me just clarify for just a second. So Paul says Christ lives in you, but we know that Christ is really seated at the right hand of God the Father. So how does Christ live in us? Well, he tells us. Because, look what he says, and Christ lives in you, even though your body will will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. So Christ lives in us. How does Christ live in us? Through the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the physical manifestation of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is the spiritual manifestation of the Son. So Christ lives in us through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us so that we can know and experience and receive every good thing that God has in store for us. So look what he says. He says, but the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. And the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and abides and dwells inside everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And so there is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that begins to open the door for what God wants to do. The Holy Spirit moves into our lives and the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will give life to you. See, there is supernatural power and there is supernatural life that comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now look what the rest of the scripture says. Verse 12. He says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates or its control, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Now let me just pause for a second and teach us a little something right here. The NLT uses the word sinful nature. King James translated it carnal nature. And carnal nature is probably a better translation because the word there literally means our fleshly desires. It's our carnal, natural, fleshly desires. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so this is what the Bible says. The Bible says if you live by the desires of your flesh, you'll die. But if by the power of the Holy Spirit you put to death the deeds of your flesh, you will live. Literally, you will be raised to life. So I want you to consider something. I want you to consider the fact that for every person that doesn't know God, for every person that has not yet been born again, They have one nature, and that is a carnal nature that is selfish 
and self-serving and self-preserving and that typically lives in rebellion against God. If you've never been born again and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got one nature, and that's a carnal nature that is selfish, self-serving, and self-promoting, and that is bent in rebellion toward God. But the moment that you get born again, I want you to hear this, the moment that you get born again, something supernatural happens in your life. You still have a carnal nature because you still got flesh. So you still have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so there's still those natural desires that want to turn away from God. But something supernatural happens when you get born again. You receive a new nature. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. And it is that new nature that comes to the person of the Holy Spirit that enables you to live a life of victory. See, so many people have said, well, I've, I've tried that. I've talked to people and they say, well, you know what, Pastor Keith? You know, I tried, I tried the church thing and it just didn't work for me. Or I tried the Jesus thing and it just didn't work for me. You know, I, I, I tried that Christianity and it just didn't work. I want to tell you something. Christianity is not something you can try. <laughs> because Christianity is not something that we put on in our own efforts. Christianity is the result of you being born again by the Spirit of God with a new nature and a new heart that now longs and desires to live for Jesus. And what I want you to understand this morning is that apart from the Holy Spirit, you can't live the Christian life. You can live a religious life. You can go through the rituals of Christianity. But you can't live a Christian life apart from the indwelling person and presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Why? Because you must be born again. You must be born again. Years ago, I heard an old preacher make this statement. He said, he said that if you're born once... You'll die twice, right? If you're only born once, if you only have a natural birth, you'll die twice. You'll die a natural birth, and you'll die a natural death, and then you'll die a spiritual death. The Bible says the lake of fire is the second death. But if you're born twice, you only die once, right? If you're born naturally and then you're born again spiritually, guess what happens? You only die a natural death. Why? Because the sting of spiritual death has now been removed, and you're going to live forever, if you're only born once, you have one nature, and that's a sin nature, a carnal nature. But if you're born twice, you have two natures, which is a new nature that now desires to please and live for God. Amen? So the Spirit of God, look what it says. Through the power of the Spirit, we put to death that sinful nature. I love verse 14 through 16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. And I love verse 16. Look what it says. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. His spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So let's look at that next point. I've already hinted to it just a little bit. Through the person of the Holy Spirit, we are raised to life. Why? Because through the person of the Holy Spirit, we have a new nature. We have a new nature. Look at Ephesians 4. It says, since you heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful or carnal nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Look at verse 24. And put on your new nature, 
Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put on your new nature, the Apostle Paul says. Why? Because now we have two natures. The moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's still a carnal nature that wants to sin. But now I've got a new nature. Come on, somebody. I've got a nature that desires to please God. I've got a nature that says, I am now created. Look what that last verse says. A new nature created to be like God. Do you remember Genesis chapter 1? The Bible says, let us make man in our own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. God created then we were created in the image and likeness of God. And when you get born again, not only is your spirit man raised to life, but now the Holy Spirit joins your spirit so that you are now empowered to live with a new nature that desires to please the Lord. And the moment you get born again, I want you to think about something. The moment you get born again, the moment the Holy Spirit comes and takes up resonance in your heart and your life, the moment He delivers the goods of your salvation, in that moment, and from that moment on, there is now a conflict within you. There's now a conflict that wasn't there before. Do you remember when you were lost before you came to Christ? Do you remember that day? Do you remember how you lived before you came to Christ? Do you remember that there really wasn't a conflict within? It was, it was, do I want to do this sin or this sin? Do I want to take care of me this way or take care of me that way? As a matter of fact, before you came to Christ, you could take advantage of people. You could manipulate people. You could use people. And then you'd walk away. And you know what you would do? Listen to me. You'd walk away and you would laugh at them. I can't believe they were so dumb to fall for that. I can't believe they were so stupid to let me work them out of that. I can't believe they didn't even see me coming. And boy, I just worked it and I got what I wanted from them. Think about how you lived your life. Think about how there was no conflict within. There was a carnal, sinful nature that compelled you and drove you. But the moment you got born again, something happened. The moment you got born again, now there's a new nature. And there's a desire to please God. And now there's a conflict within. Actually, I believe this. I believe that war within your soul is the proof of your salvation. I believe that war within your soul is the proof of your salvation. The fact that there is now a new nature that wars against that old carnal nature is evidence that you are now a child of God. And this is what I've recognized in my life. I've recognized that once I got born again, I can no longer sin and win. What do I mean by that? I can still sin. I can still choose to do the wrong thing. I can still choose to be selfish. But if I choose to live in sin, guess what? I can't enjoy it. I just can't. I can't enjoy it. I, I, I can't enjoy I mean, I can lose my temper and say something just a little bit. I mean, just a little bit harsh with my wife. And the Holy Ghost will convict me so bad until I make it right, I don't have any peace. If I think that I came across harsh or calloused or cold to somebody. I can't tell you how many times I've called people up and said, you know what, man, we were talking last week and I said something, and I'm not sure, I just felt like maybe it came across the wrong way. Why? Because once you get born again, there's this new nature created to be like God that is righteous and holy, that longs and desires to be right with God and to be set apart for His glory. And I can't be happy if I think I'm living any other way. Why? 
Because we are raised to life by the person of the Holy Spirit because he gives us a new nature. And what a blessing that is. Because again, just as I said a moment ago, if you tried to live a Christian life without the Spirit of Christ living in you, it's impossible. And you'll be frustrated, and you'll be discouraged, and you'll be overwhelmed. And I tried, and I tried, and I tried. And I've met so many people that tried to live a Christian life, but they never surrendered their life to Christ. They never were born again and received the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit because the moment that happens, there's now a new nature and you are not who you used to be. We say this a lot here at Liberty. Jesus did not die and the Holy Spirit did not come to make bad people good people. Jesus died and the Holy Spirit came to make dead people come alive. And that's what he does by giving us a new nature. And let me just challenge you in this. If you can still live in sin and rebellion and manipulation and lies and corruption and perversion and feel good about yourself, you need to check your heart. You need to check your heart today. Because the moment you truly got born again, you got a new nature that was created to be like God, that longs to be right with God and holy, set apart for His glory. And the moment you get born again, that new nature no longer allows you to sin and win. Now the conviction that comes from sin robs you of the joy of sin. Because it drives you back to a lifestyle. I want you to hear me. You think living in sin makes you happy. I'm going to tell you, when you start living right, and you start living holy... And you start living in a way that pleases God, you're going to find there's more joy in Jesus than you ever imagined possible. There is more joy in Jesus than you ever imagined possible. So the Holy Spirit raises us to life because He gives us a new nature. Look at the next point. Through the person of the Holy Spirit, we're raised to life because the Holy Spirit, we have new eyes to see. Through the person of the Holy Spirit, we have new eyes to see. Look at John chapter 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Because humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. See, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit raises you to new life because the Holy Spirit not only gives you a new nature, but He also gives you new eyes, spiritual eyes to see. And the first thing that you see, Jesus said, is you'll begin to see the kingdom of God. You'll begin to see God in a new light. See, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and you start to see the goodness of God. You start to see the mercy of God. You start to see the favor of God. See, many of us, when we were lost before we came to Christ, we thought God was out to get us. We thought God was trying to destroy us. We thought God was, was out to strike us down. But the moment you got born again and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit began to open your eyes and you begin to see, you begin to realize something. You know what you realize? You realize that in your mess and in your chaos and in your confusion, it was the hand of God that kept you. It was the grace of God that sustained you. It was the mercy of God that carried you. You should have been dead. You should have been gone. You should have been out of here. But by His mercy and His grace, He rescued you and raised you to new life in His Son. And you can't see that without the Holy Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit gives you new eyes to see the kingdom of God. You see God like you've never seen him before. You see his hand at work. All of a sudden, you start looking around and you start seeing the hand of God and the hand of God and the hand of God. Not blaming God, but seeing the hand of God in, in, at work in the midst of the chaos. In the midst of COVID-19, I see the hand of God. I see God working. I see God drawing families together. I see God renewing hope. I see God strengthening people. I see God taking us back to foundation stones that needed to be uncovered and reestablished in the hearts and lives of so many of us. I see God at work. I see God opening up new platforms of ministry. Churches that had never even considered going online are now online preaching the gospel. And I'm so proud of all those churches. I'm so proud of all those churches and pastors and leaders that had never even considered it. But all of a sudden, in the midst of chaos, which was not God, I see the hand of God work to push the church forward and move every church, no matter how big or how small, into a new age of communicating and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me just say to you today, if one soul's reached, isn't it worth it? If one person doesn't go to hell, if one person doesn't spend eternity separated from God, if one family is saved, if one generational curse is broken, if one heart and one home is restored, isn't it worth seeing what God has done and to know that what he is doing in the midst of the chaos is he is working to bring good out of the darkness. Why? Because he's a good, good father. And only by the eyes of the Holy Spirit can you see that. Only by the eyes of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit raises us to life because he gives us new eyes to see. But not only do we see God like we've never seen God, but we see others. I can't tell you how many testimonies I've heard from countless numbers of people. And they talk about how that when they got born again, they went from hating people to loving people. (laughs) They went from despising people to embracing people. They went from running from people to running to people. And all of a sudden you start looking at the world and instead of seeing instead of seeing people as your enemies, you start seeing people as victims of the enemy. And you start recognizing that they're being beat down and they're being devastated and they're being destroyed by the enemy. And instead of getting mad at them, you now have compassion for them. And you love them. And you want to help them. And you want to make a difference in their life. It amazes me how people see people when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. And all of a sudden, we start seeing difficult people as broken people that need the love of Jesus. And we start seeing angry people as wounded people that need the healing power of Jesus. And all of a sudden, you see others like you've never seen him before. And then last but not least, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes so we can see God and so we can see others. But one of the greatest things that happens is he opens our eyes so we can see ourselves. And all of a sudden, you begin to see your value. And you begin to recognize how important you are. And you begin to recognize how valuable you are. You begin to recognize that you're significant. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Instead of self-loathing and self-despising and self-criticizing, all of a sudden you begin to walk in confidence and boldness because you know who you are in Jesus Christ. And that only happens through the person of the Holy Spirit. He gives us eyes to see God, eyes to see others, and eyes to see ourselves. And all of a sudden, we start realizing how significant and important we are because we are loved by God. And we have value, 
and we have worth. And I don't have to look like you, and I don't have to walk like you, and I don't have to talk like you, and I don't have to dress like you, and I don't have to act like you to be somebody. I am somebody because Jesus loves me. And all of a sudden, you start to see who you are in Christ, and it changes your world. It raises you to new life. So the Holy Spirit raises us to life. He gives us a new nature. The Holy Spirit raises us to life. He gives us new eyes to see. Look at that next point. Really simple. The Holy Spirit raises us to life because through the person of the Holy Spirit, we now have new ears to hear. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. They hear my voice and I know them and they follow Follow me. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual ears to hear. And all of a sudden, we can hear the voice of God. One of the greatest tragedies that I experience as I talk to Christians is I meet countless numbers of Christians that have never distinctively heard the voice of God. They've never heard it. Now, I don't really believe they've never heard it. I believe they just didn't recognize what they were hearing. Because when you get born again and the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your life, He gives you ears to hear the voice of God. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I see way too many Christians, and I call it this, I call it way too many Christians living between the promise and the principle. See, the promises of God and the principles of God are like the bank of the river. And I think they're awesome because it's the banks of the river that kind of keeps us out of the ditches of life, so to speak. But guess what? Between the banks of the river, there's actually a river. (laughs) And His name is the Holy Spirit. And we need to live within the promises of God and we need to live within the principles of God because it keeps us out of the ditches. But we need to get in the river of God and begin to commune with God through the person of the Holy Spirit because it is not just through promise and principle, it is through intimacy with God by hearing His voice that we're able to raise to new life in Christ. And so the Holy Spirit gives us ears that hear the voice of God. Of God. And let me just say this to you today. Acknowledgement raises awareness. The moment you begin to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your life, the moment you become more aware that He is there. It's kind of like buying a new car. Do you remember when you bought your last new car and it doesn't have to be a new car, it was just a new car to you? And you were like, man, this is really cool and I've never seen any of these and nobody else has one like this. And the moment you drive it off the lot, you see 10 cars just like it on the way home. How in the world did that happen? How in the world did you just see 10 cars just like the car you just bought? You've not seen one car like it before, and you bought it because it was unique and it was special, and you drive it off the lot, and on the way home, all of a sudden you see 10 cars just like it. You know why? Because now you're aware of it. You acknowledge this car. It's significant. It's important. It's valuable to you. And the moment you acknowledge it, your awareness of that car goes to a whole new height. And the moment you acknowledge the Holy Spirit, as the third person of the Trinity, as God with us, dwelling in us, then you become more aware of His presence. And last but not least, I want you to see this next point. The Holy Spirit raises us to new life, not, through a new na- not just through a new nature, new eyes, and new ears. But look at this last point. But through the person of the Holy Spirit, we have the power of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit supernaturally empowers us to do what Jesus did, to be a witness, to boldly declare and display the glory of God. 
See, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. When what God has put in you comes upon you, all of a sudden you start doing what Jesus did. You cast out demons. You lay hands on the sick. You speak to the mountain and it's moved. I want you to understand Christianity is not about just this carnal life of doing good things. It is about a supernatural life of doing impossible things. And it is through the person of the Holy Spirit that the supernatural, dynamite, dunamis power of God is made real in our lives. And the more you acknowledge Him, and the more you invite Him, and the more you welcome Him, and the more you commune with Him, And the more you talk to Him, and the more you walk with Him, the more of His presence is made real in your life. And before you know it, you realize, man, I got a new nature. And I got new eyes, and I got new ears. And I've got supernatural power. That's the last point on your outline if you're taking notes today. The Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit raises us to new life because He gives us a new nature that now desires to please God. He gives us new eyes that see. He gives us new ears that hear. And He gives us supernatural power to be witnesses for Jesus. Jesus said, the works that I do will you do, and greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. I go to the Father. And if He goes to the Father, Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And He's going to help you do what you could never do without me. Today, I want to just challenge you in something. If you've never experienced that new nature, And I want to lead you in just a prayer, just a moment, and and lead you in a very simple prayer to accept Jesus as Lord. But I realize there's probably more people out there listening to me right now. You're a Christian. You're saved. You've accepted what Jesus did on the cross for you. You've accepted His death and resurrection, but you have ignored the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you how I start every day. Really simple. Good morning, Holy Spirit. First words out of my mouth, almost... 99% of the time in my life is good morning, Holy Spirit. Before I talk to any other person, before I talk to my wife or my kids, before I answer a text, return an email, before I pick up the phone, the first words out of my mouth, literally out of my mouth, are good morning, Holy Spirit. Because the more you acknowledge Him, the more you'll become aware of Him. And the more you'll experience Him. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. But it's the Holy Spirit that delivers the goods. And if you're out there and you're a Christian, you've never really walked in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about, in the book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, May the love of God and may the grace of Jesus and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We need that fellowship today. And if you want to be raised to new life as a believer, there's a new level of life you can live in. And His name is called the person of the Holy Spirit. And all you got to do is begin to acknowledge and invite Him to be a part of your daily life. Now, if you're here and you're listening to me today, and you've never got that new nature, you've never been born again, maybe you've tried to live a Christian life and failed, and you've tried and you've failed, and you've tried and you've failed. I want to tell you something. There's a person called the Holy Spirit who wants to deliver into your heart everything that Jesus purchased and paid for on the cross. And you can receive Him today. If you want to do that, let's pray this prayer together. Let's just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died and rose again to pay the penalty for my sin, to purchase my life, and to give me everything that you have for me. I confess that I'm a sinner, 
I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I receive the gift of eternal life. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I want to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, please reach out to us. We'd love to follow up with you. We'd love to help you. And we want to walk with you in this journey. And welcome to the family. Isn't it good to be raised to life?